This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Toronto Mayor John Tory says it is the single biggest budget increase for transit in the city's history. $80 million of new money is being allocated for the TTC in the 2017 city budget that will be debated at City Council later this week. Councillor Glenda Bearmaker is joining us to discuss the new money for the TTC. Councillor, welcome. Thank you. Are there changes, uh, first of all, with the what's interesting about all of this is that Mayor Tory asked every city department to find 2.6 percent in savings for the budget, but the TTC escaped this. Why? Um, Because we needed somebody to drive the buses. Literally. Literally. The the (laughs) TTC is so threadbare uh, that in addition to the buses and the subway cars, we have people driving them and we have some janitors cleaning them at night. So when you talk about cutbacks to the TTC, the question is, well, where would you cut back? Well, the only place we could cut back is the people who are sitting on the bus driving all the passengers. And of course, we couldn't do that. So the mayor very wisely, in the end, decided to do a very long overdue, massive increase to the TTC budget. So I'm thrilled. I've been a councillor for 13 years. It's the biggest increase in TTC investment that I've ever seen in 13 years. And as the mayor said, in in the last 60 years that the TTC has been in existence. Your colleague uh, and TTC chair, Josh Cole, says the new money should be good news for the TTC's very patient and loyal customers. So detail for us where the money's going. Uh, the, the money is really going everywhere. I mean, we're, this year we're opening up a $3 billion subway system up to York University. I'll call that our uh, 2017 Christmas present. We're spending about $120 million this year on building our next subway system out to Scarborough, where, where I represent. So there's $3 billion of projects either completed or, or on the go right now. Uh, we're purchasing 350 new buses. We're getting 284 new subway cars. We've got 25 new streetcars. I think we've all heard that they're behind on their schedule. We, we want 70 of them, but we have 25 new streetcars. So if you're out on Spadina or Harborfront, you'll see these beautiful new vehicles uh, go, going past your, your neighborhood. And of course, if you're out in the suburbs like I am, uh, you'll see a lot new buses and a lot more express buses a lot earlier in the mornings taking people to work. So it's good news for everybody in every part of the city. If you're a regular TTC rider, how does this list of improvements sound to you? We'd like you to call in with your comments. After all, it's your transit. Transit system, 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. Improvements to the TTC, but what still needs to be done? What I mean, you're telling us about the priorities, Councillor DeBearmaker, but yes. what's also on this list for the future? Um, a lot of it's infrastructure, which is invisible. So, you know, the, the subway system, most of it was built 50, 60 years ago. So we have wires and lights and computers that were built when people had Commodore 64s. Uh, so we have to uh, upgrade those systems to make sure everybody is safe. And, and sometimes safety, fire suppression, ventilation, uh, extra elevators, extra staircases aren't things that you see every single day, but we're putting them in right across the whole system. So we have to make sure that when you get on a Kennedy subway station – 
or Kipling Station or Finch Station that you can actually get to downtown Toronto without your subway breaking down. And I'm sure everyone's listening today who's been on the system goes, yes, that happened to me. I could have screamed because I had to wait 20 minutes in a packed subway car. So we still have too many breakdowns, and that's a, a, a maintenance issue that we have to catch up on. You know, it's interesting. People who ride the TTC a lot, they, they're constantly slagging it, saying, you know, oh, I've been I've been to other major cities around the world, uh, be it London, which has a fantastic transit system, New York City, even uh, Kiev in Ukraine has an amazing transit system. I was there this past summer. Is, is it impossible now for us to catch up and have a world-class transit system? Are we so far behind that will never actually get that kind of status? Um, no, I, I think we can get that status and even surpass th- those cities. Some of the cities that you mentioned used to come to Toronto to learn how to operate a subway system. But then about a little over two decades ago, uh, for example, uh, Premier uh, Mike Harris cancelled the Eglinton subway uh, system. There was a subway actually under construction along Eglinton Avenue. That project was cancelled mm-hmm. and the hole was filled in. So we are suffering today from two decades of lack of investment in transit. So could we, uh, as a community get better transit, we could. The the challenge is we have to have federal and provincial partners back at the table giving us more money to both build the system and operate the system. The federal and provincial governments I'd say in the last few years are doing actually a very good job, but they're making up for 20 years of neglect. So you don't fix 20 years of neglect in in anybody's house or anybody's subway system in one or two years. It's going to take us a decade to catch up and I hope surpass all of the cities that you just mentioned. We're speaking with City Councillor Glenda Bearmaker, discussing the new money for the TTC just announced this morning by Mayor John Tory will be part of the budget debate this week. Maria in Etobicoke, what would you like to say about your transit system? Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I My complaint is that I'm a regular user, and when I see what is being done with the little money that they claim they have, I come to the conclusion that there doesn't seem to be an adult in the room when they're making the decisions on what to spend the money on. For example, you had a customer service situation, and their idea of doing something about it is to buy new uniforms to the, for the drivers. How much did that cost? And we still have that problem. You know, we have um, this, uh, public trains that do not have any air conditioning on it, but the priority was to change the, um, to rename the, the um, you know, the, the, the uh, train lines. I mean, that could be done when you have extra money mm-hmm. with, um, and you've decided to pretty up things, to, to uh, gussy up things. But we need to set priorities. You know, Maria brings up a really good point, Councillor, about the air conditioning. I mean, right now it's the furthest thing from our mind, but once the summer rolls around again and Mayor John Tory rode the subway in the middle of the summer from Kennedy to Kipling, uh, can riders look forward to a more comfortable ride through the summer months? Um, Yes, and actually it was a rider who tweeted the mayor saying how horrible it was to, to take the, the subway with in the middle of the summer in the sweltering heat that actually got that fixed. So we are listening to people compla- uh, complaining about the heat because they should complain about it being too heat in a subway car. We actually want to reward people who take the TTC because instead of driving your SUV to work and causing traffic congestion, if you get on a subway or a bus, we should actually say thank you, congratulate you, and make your ride as pleasant as possible. So yes, our air conditioners on the TTC, uh, a, a number of them on the old cars, which is long the young 
along Bloor Line were not working properly. We fixed that problem now. But that's, again, 20 years of lack of funding. This TTC staff said, do we fix the brakes first or do we fix the air conditioning first? Right. And, of course, we fix the brakes first because we safety is first, fire suppression is first, ventilation is first, air conditioners last. So that's now, the reality. We know that uh, the transit is, is a big priority for Mayor Tory. Well, just getting around the city in general is, is a big priority. How can we keep the TTC on track regardless of who's in charge? So it, now it seems to be a priority and say Mayor Tory gets voted out next year, then what? Does the TTC suffer again? Like how can we, how can we have a long-term vision for the TTC when the administration keeps changing? Um, that, that's that's a very good question, and I think there is a long-term vision for the TTC. The failure of the TTC, such as it is, because I think it's a very good system, but where we have fallen down is that we've had 20 years of neglect. So that means every person listening to your show or who rides the TTC, if every single person did nothing more than call their local MPP, their local MP, and a city councillor like myself and say, hey, Glenn, I take the bus in Scarborough every single day, and I want you to invest a little bit more money in it so that there is air conditioning and that there's an extra bus on rush during the rush hour so I can actually get in without having having to step on other people's toes, we would get more money for the TTC. So I would encourage everybody, um, most city councillors like myself like to talk to people, so do MPPs and MPs, call the people that you elect and tell them in a polite way what you want for your city and that includes public transit. So that's been the failure. The city, like you said, Politicians come and go, and with every administration, there seems to be a new plan. Transit city, then it's LRTs, then it's subways, then it's back to LRTs. I think people have to call whoever it is, whatever party they are, and say, this is what I want for the TTC, and it's got to be more. We need more money to make a better system. All right, one more phone call, Councillor. And, uh, I mean, that's a great place to leave it, but I want to get Marvin's call in here. Marvin, go ahead. What would you like to say? Hi, my um, call is related to accessibility. My husband is disabled, and we recently found out there was a pass that my husband can get that would get one of us on the TTC for free, myself, and I would, because I'm as attended as caregiver, sort of speak. Yeah. Um, oh, that's uh, a great question. Great question, Marvin. Let's let... My, my, uh-huh. my question is, uh-huh. the only TTC stop that they actually do the photo for the pass is at Sherman Station, which is not accessible, but Young Station and Castle Frank Station are both accessible. What is that all about? Um, well, first, Marvin, thank you very much. And I think, for example, this year we're investing enough money to put a million more rides on Wheeltrans because people need the service. Uh, I wasn't aware of what you just said, and I actually sit on the TTC. So if it's possible for you either to give the radio sh- uh, people your name and number so I could call you or you could call me if, if they give you my name and number, and I'll look into that because obviously if you or your partner have to go and get a photo taken in a station that's not accessible, that's just ridiculous. So I have not heard that issue before. I have neighbors of mine who are on Wheeltrans who got their photo taken. No one's ever complained to me about that issue. That this is the first time that I, I'm hearing about it, but we will look into it and see if we can get it fixed for you. Thank you so much for your time. Um, you know, those of us who ride transit, I have two adult children, and they take transit all over the city. And, and this is good news because people just want to get from one place to the next in a reasonable amount of time and in the most comfortable way possible.
Yes, and I think that's not too much for people to ask. I think so. I think you're right about that. Thank you. Councillor Glenda Bearmaker, we'll talk to you next time. Great, thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby returns tomorrow. We're talking about the TTC in this half hour of Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. All of the investment uh, that we heard about this morning from Mayor Tory, apparently an unprecedented annual investment of an additional $80 million, specifically for the TTC. You're welcome to call in. Tell us if you like what you're hearing. Uh, Smart Track, still a top priority. The Scarborough Subway Extension, the extension to York University. A lot more wheel trans rides and an increase of $80 million over top of the regular budget. That's in a year when every other city department was asked to find 2.6% in savings for the budget. 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. We also wanted to dedicate uh, part of this half hour to talking about King Street. It's very near and dear to our hearts here at the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. In fact, King Street is just a short walk here from the Zoomerplex uh, on Jefferson Avenue. It's about a two-minute walk down to King Street. And like our facility here in Liberty Village, there are many, many commuters who live in the condos of Liberty Village. The area has been made over. There are all kinds of 20-somethings and 30-somethings, millennials, uh, the children of Zoomers who are living in this area and who are commuting into downtown, taking the 504 streetcar, which is the TTC's third most traveled route. It carries more passengers every day than the Shepherd subway line and more than the Scarborough RT, but riders say it's slow and unreliable. Are you one of those King Street riders who wind up in backups that in some cases can take you an hour to get from Jarvis to Bathurst on King Street? Uh, the frustration is there if you're if you get out, you're doing a little shopping or you need to get to work downtown. And it's really the only viable way to get into the city. We want to hear from you. 416-360-0740-1-866-744-740. Now, what's good about all this is that King Street will soon be transformed and heading up uh, the transformation is the city's chief planner, Jennifer Keysmat. We were we're hoping to get her on the line. Uh, we had a, a promised appointment with her here for the last uh, few minutes of the show to talk about, because she's really heading it up, talking about what is going to be done on King Street between Bathurst and Jarvis. She has three different ideas, and it sounds like we've got uh, Jennifer Keysmet on the line. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. You have three proposals. Let, let's get right to them. Uh, the three proposals that you're you're hoping will not only, I mean, transit being a priority, but pedestrian and, and car traffic also a priority. How is it that we can do this? What are the three ideas? So there's three options that we're presenting to the public. The first one we've called alternating loops or alternating routes, if you will. And the idea is that vehicular access is provided curbside on alternating blocks. So if you can imagine, it's no longer a through route for cars, but in fact on alternating blocks, a, you can access locally parking garages or businesses or servicing. 
in the middle of the corridor is the transit priority lane that will be dedicated only to the streetcar use. On the opposite loops, where you do not have that local access on the opposite side of the street, that's where we bump out the public space or the pedestrian realm or the sidewalk by adding more public space because there's a really high volume of pedestrians along this corridor. That's number one, Okay. Alter, alternating uh, loops. The second we've called Transit Promenade, and essentially you can imagine the area right now that's used for parking becomes part of the public realm, part of the public space. The corridor becomes transit priority, but when local cars need to access a local block, they kind of bump out into the transit area to access the parking garage or to access servicing and loading. So the entire street is a transit promenade. Both sides of the street have extra public space, and there's, again, local access for vehicles. And then the third option, uh, we essentially have in the center of the corridor transit only, and then right along the curbside vehicles only, and no street side parking. So you can imagine you can still travel all the way along the corridor, but in fact, uh, it's only one lane of car traffic instead of two because you can't bump into the uh, right-of-way where the streetcar currently is. Now, is the separated lane option, that's that's something we see up on St. Clair Avenue West as well, right? Is that sort of the idea? It's, it's kind of similar. It's different. We don't imagine it would be separated in the same way, but it is separated to the extent that vehicles can't get up in the right-of-way where the streetcars are, which mm-hmm. is really the whole objective here is to get cars out of the way so that the streetcars can become more reliable because they're moving so many people. Now, this public space concept, it seems very nice, but it also seems to be a bit of a luxury when you're trying to move people through traffic and transit. Well, that's an important question, and we collected quite a bit of data along the corridor uh, in four seasons in order to form this analysis. And interestingly, pedestrians uh, are using, they're they're actually 50% of the users in the corridor right now are people walking, but they're only allocated 25% of the space. So this is about right-sizing the space. People are literally falling off the sidewalks in parts of King Street because there isn't enough space for pedestrians. On the flip side, drivers have 64% of the space, but they're only 16% of the users. So part of what we're trying to do here is better rationalize the space so that we can move more people better. Do you think, though, that you have more pedestrians in that stretch because they can't get onto streetcars, so their only option is to walk? Well, that's part of it. Uh, In some areas, the streetcars are moving very slowly, in fact, slower than walking. So people are just kind of going, well, forget it. I'm just going to walk. But we also have a lot of density here, and it's very common. You know, think of New York City in the hot, you know, the densest part of New York City. What do people do? They walk. It's Mm -hmm. the best way to get around. Parts of King Street are becoming that urban, that walking is a really great way of getting from point A to point B. So this is about rationalizing and readjusting the public space so that it responds to how people are, are in fact, already choosing to get around from, uh, you know, home to work or when they're shopping. So now in terms of getting the 504 streetcars to move more quickly, is a lot of this to do with the the actual streetcars themselves? I mean, we were just talking to Councillor Dermaker about the 504 King cars, the new cars, how they contain so many more riders. And as a result, they're moving people along more quickly. Is that part of this equation as well? 
Absolutely. This is about, the whole objective here is really about transforming transit on King because King already moves uh, 65,000 people a day on mm-hmm. transit, which is the busiest surface route uh, in the city. Actually, it's the busiest surface route in the country. So this is about enhancing service for those riders who are already using it, but it's also about recognizing that a lot more people would get on the streetcar if there was more capacity. So the new streetcars are part of this equation. Turn restrictions are part of the equation. Redesigning the right-of-way, operat- operational changes. So the pilot is really about making a bunch of significant changes at once that will transform the experience of using transit. We're speaking with Jennifer Kiesmatt here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. You are the city's chief planner. Which option do you like best? Are you allowed to say at this point? (laughs) Well, you know, all of them are viable options. We wouldn't put them forward if we didn't think they worked. But I would say alternating loops or the transit promenade deliver the most, um, particularly also in addressing the public realm issues. We're doing some modeling, and the modeling will help us figure out which is the absolute best. You know, my goal is to move people uh, in the easiest, most efficient way possible. So whichever option delivers that will be the one that, uh, that I would like to see happen. Tonight, you present the options to uh, a gathering, a public meeting at Metro Hall. So you're, you're looking for people to come out to weigh in on this. And then what? Well, absolutely. We want to hear feedback from the public. Uh, you know, are we going too fast? Are we going too slow? Have we forgot something? Uh, inevitably, we have. Um, but we are going to then be refining the options based on the feedback that we receive. We will then be going in front of the TTC Commission and making a recommendation to them. And we'll also be going to City Council in July, July 4th. Mm-hmm. And if this is something that... Uh, City Council believes is a good idea, then the pilot could be up and running as early as this fall. This fall? This fall. And so what would the pilot look like? Would it look like what you're proposing, or is it kind of a hybrid? Well, it'll uh, it'll probably look like one of the options. All right. It changes because mm-hmm. we have to go through some design. But it's important to note the study area is all of King Street because we want to improve transit along the whole corridor. Okay. But the pilot area that we're recommending is between Bathurst and Jarvis or Bathurst okay. and, and, and Parliament, so right in the heart of the city. And that's because that's the area of the city where we do have alternatives for cars. We have Front, Wellington, Richmond, Adelaide. Uh, we we don't want to implement a pilot. We don't want to implement a pilot, solve one problem, and create another one. And there's uh, no concern that it's going to turn into a St. Clair West situation where people are waiting for eons for this for the streetcar tracks to be built. Well, absolutely not, because there's this isn't a large capital project okay. like St. Clair was. One of the big issues with St. Clair was actually burying the hydro wires. It was a big capital project. Right. This is a pilot. This is about making small changes that result in a significant transformation. Uh, and also, having an alternative road network, which is one of the challenges with St. Clair, um, that didn't exist there. It exists here, which is one of the reasons why we're really putting, recommending the pilot area be right in the heart of the city where the density is significant significant, and where we also see most of the slowdowns occurring. All right, Jennifer Keysmat, thanks for your time. My pleasure. City's Chief Planner Jennifer Keysmat. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.